glory to God. So without further ado, I'm going to give you my premise, the text we started off with last week. I'm not going to read that text. I'm going to start with another text today. But we're basing this whole thing off of a text in a very known scripture, well-known scripture, Psalm 23. And verse number 5 says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And what you need to understand is that sometimes God will give reserved seating to your adversaries so they can be witnesses to what God is getting ready to do in your life. Woo! And so we decided to call this series VIP. VIP. And if you look up on that screen very carefully, it says enemies. Very important people to your purpose. Enemies. Very important people to your purpose. Amen, somebody? So with that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name. We bless you and ask you, Lord God, to add blessing to your word now. And minister to your people in a mighty way tonight. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen and amen. And with that being said, turn to Psalm 59. I'm going to try to get the scriptures out of the way early. Psalm 59, beginning at verse number one. Psalm 59, beginning at verse number one. Amen. I'm going to use a couple of scriptures today. So get your pens ready. Get your phone ready to snap a picture of the point. Amen. I read today in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and here's what the word of the Lord says to us today. This is David speaking, deliver me from my enemies. Anybody ever pray that? <laughs> deliver me from my enemies, oh my God. Defend me from them that rise up against me. Deliver me from the workers of iniquity and save me from bloody men. For lo, they lie in wait for my soul. The mighty are gathered against me. Watch this now. Not for my transgression, nor for my sin. As a matter of fact, I want to read that to you. Watch this in the, in the NIV because it's powerful uh, in the NIV. So let me just... Hallelujah, now it's not coming up. Not for my transgression. In other words, not because I have sinned. And not because I have done anything wrong. In other words, hallelujah, my enemies are attacking me and I ain't even do anything wrong. <laughs> but I want to submit to somebody in this place, hallelujah. It's not because you're doing anything wrong that the enemy is going to attack you. The enemy is going to attack you for doing something right. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Hallelujah. I, I will submit to you that it is your progress that is making the enemy want to attack you. It is the fact, hallelujah, that you've gotten some movement in your life and you are moving forward that the enemy is attacking you. Let me read the rest of this. Hallelujah. Show me the next verse. They run and prepare themselves without my fault. Awake to help me and behold. Watch this. Thou therefore, O Lord, God of hosts, the God of Israel, awake to visit all the heathen. Be not merciful to any wicked transgressors. Next verse. They return at evening. Man, if they didn't bother me in the morning and at lunch. They return at evening. Watch this. They make a noise like a dog. They come barking. They come growling and snarling and go round about the city. Why? Why do they continue to attack me? Because of my progress. Because here's what I know. Dogs don't bark at parked cars. <laughs> do I got any pet owners in the house? I said dogs don't bark at parked cars. Do dogs sense movement. And then they start barking. And so the reason they're barking, hallelujah, is because somebody is progressing. Are you in this place, church? Give me the rest. 
Behold, they belch out with their mouth. That's what the barking is about. Swords are in their lips. For who, say they, doth hear? See, they're talking and they think nobody hears what they're saying. But your God does. You can think something, God can hear it. God told Abraham at 100 years old, you're going to have a baby. And his wife was 90. And the Bible says that when she heard God tell Abraham that, she laughed within herself. And God told Abraham, I heard that. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying here? Watch this. Both thou, O Lord, shall laugh at them. Thou shalt have all the heathen in derision. Next verse. Because of his strength will I wait upon thee. For God is my defense. In other words, in the NIV, he says, God, I watch after thee. I'm going to use the enemy's attack as an indication or as an indicator of what you're about to do. Oh, God, help me in here. Are you in this place, church? Now, I want to show you another scripture very quickly. Amen. And I want to put emphasis on this point. I said this last week, but I decided to make it a point this week. Hallelujah. And here it is very carefully, very, very quickly. If you retaliate, you cannot reign. If you retaliate, you cannot reign. This psalm, what David is saying is, God, keep me steady. Do not make me combative. Keep me, if somebody comes up to me, God, and says, I don't like you, let me not rise up, look at them and say, oh, I don't like you either. Come on, I'm trying to make the text make sense to you. Are, you. are you hearing what I'm saying? Keep me steady because if I retaliate, I cannot reign. Let me show you another scripture. 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel 16 and verse 5. I'm going to put some more substance under this. 2 Samuel 16 and verse 5. Amen. Watch this. And when King David came to Barum, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gerah. He came forth and cursed still as he came. This guy came cussing. Next verse. Watch this. And he cast stones at David. Could you imagine that? He's throwing rocks at the king. And at all the servants of the king of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were at his right hand and at his left. Now, this guy is cussing, kicking up dust, throwing rocks. And David has his army with him and his his team is on his right and on his left. His elite men, they're with him. Next verse. And thus says Shimei when he cursed, come out, come out, come out, thou bloody man and thou man of Belial. The Lord have returned upon thee all the blood of thy house, all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead you have reigned. You took his place. And the Lord have delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, thy son. This is when uh, David's son Absalom rebels against him and tries to take the throne. This is what's happening now. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief because thou art a bloody man. And there he goes barking. Then said Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, watch this, unto the king. Why should this, look at what he calls him, because he's a dog barking. Watch this. Why should this dead dog curse my Lord, the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, please. I like those kind of people. I could use a couple more of those people uh, on my team. Amen. Watch this. <laughs> he said, why should this dead dog curse my Lord, the king? Let me go over, please, and take his head off. Watch this now. Because a lot of us would have been like, yeah, go ahead, handle that. <laughs> Come on, y'all. <laughs> a lot of us would have been like, he talking about me? <laughs> you want to get him? And the king said, what have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruiah? Watch this. So let him curse because, uh-oh, the Lord has said unto him. Curse David. Oh, man. Watch, 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 watch. Who shall then say, wherefore hast thou done so? Next verse. I'm almost there. 
And David said unto Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my son which came forth out of my bowels seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjamite do it? Let him alone and let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him. If I retaliate, it's a test. Help me in here. It's a test. If I retaliate, I will not reign. Let me put it to you in the form of a question. Who let the dogs out? Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Who let the dogs out? I'll tell you who God did to promote you. Who let the dogs out? God did in order to promote you. To see how you would respond. Are you in this place? Because last week we determined, hallelujah, that if you respond incorrectly to an attack of the enemy, you will stay or remain stagnant in the current level. Are you in this place, church? If you're blessed, shout glory in here. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen and amen. Woo. Listen, you're going to want to retaliate. Ain't nobody want to tell the truth today. You're going to want to watch this. But if you retaliate, you prove that they are a foe. You prove that they are a formidable foe. But if you do not retaliate, you prove that they ain't on your level. And that you are better than that. Are you in this place? I mentioned to you last week, that's why you'll never catch me having an argument with somebody on Facebook or social media. It don't matter what they say. It don't matter if they say something negative about me, negative about the church, negative about anything connected to me. Hallelujah. I'm not going to take my eyes off the prize to entertain you trying to distract me. Hallelujah. And steal my focus. Hallelujah. When in essence, it's not going to accomplish much at all. And so watch this. That, that doesn't mean I didn't want to retaliate. Oh, I wanted to retaliate. Can I be honest in here? There have been people who have looked me in my eyes and told me they loved me. And I wanted to look them right back in their eyes and tell them, you're an enemy. You are a traitor and I know it. But if I retaliate, I cannot reign. And so sometimes I'll tell you what I do. I'll, I'll answer, listen, I'll write an email in response, a heavy one with everything I wanted to say. And then right when I'm finished writing it, rather than sending, rather than hitting send, I hit delete. <laughs> Just so that I don't hurt that person. I hit delete so I don't hurt you. But I wrote it so I could get it out of me. <laughs> Just be careful. Just be careful after you write that thing that your emotions don't take over and you hit send <laughs> instead of delete. Amen. Get it out of you, but don't send it to them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because mm. you want to reign. Amen, somebody. In other words, protect your integrity. Hold your tongue now before peasants. So that you can open it later before kings. Oh God, I want to say that again. I say hold your tongue now before peasants. So that you can be used to open it later before kings. Somebody shout, I receive it. Oh God, let me tell you something. This is tough, man. Because sometimes, sometimes pleasing God means you have to keep silent. That's hard for some of us, hallelujah. But sometimes pleasing God means you have to keep silent. Sometimes, hallelujah, pleasing God means you got to shake their hand. <laughs> sometimes pleasing God means you got to eat with the enemy. Sometimes pleasing God means you got to work with the enemy. Hallelujah. And so watch this now. Listen, I don't want nobody to get paranoid in here and leave this place talking about, oh, my God, who's my enemy? <laughs> I 
I thought I knew. Now I don't know. No, 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 no. The Bible says you have an anointing from the Holy One that teacheth you all things. Let the anointing of God decipher your team from your terrorists. I said, let the anointing of God, hallelujah, teach you to decipher your team from your terrorists. Are you in this place, church? Oh, God have mercy in here. You know what? I didn't do my recap. That's messed up. Hallelujah. For those of you who weren't last week, Angel, put the first one up there real quickly. I got to do it because I don't want to leave nobody hanging. This is what we learned last week. The purpose of your opposition is to prevent your occupancy. Amen. And I ain't going to elaborate. Get the CD. I just want to give you the points if you weren't here. Next point. The appearance of an enemy is an announcement from heaven that God has maxed out all that can be done in your life in this season on your current level. In other words, God is saying, I can't do no more on the current level you are in. If you want me to do more, you're going to have to, come on somebody, expand your capacity. One of the ways I begin to take you to another level is by sending an enemy. And we learned last week, hallelujah, that watch this, whenever God was getting ready to take you out of a place and take you into another place, watch this, he used an enemy. He used an enemy, watch this, on the way out, and he used the enemy on the way in. When they were coming out of Egypt, he used the Pharaoh, hallelujah, and when they were coming into the promised land, he used giants. Are you in this place? Next point, hallelujah, I got to hurry. Enemies reveal the Judas in your life. Judas was not Jesus' real enemy. Judas was his disciple. But when the enemy, hallelujah, comes to grip with the fact that he cannot get you from without, because Jesus' real enemies were the religious people. They're the ones that were coming together planning his demise and killing him, but they couldn't. He would escape every time. So they figured we can't get him from without. Let's try to get him from within. And so they hired someone close to him. Amen, somebody. Delilah's not Samson's enemy. She's his girlfriend, for crying out loud. The Philistines are his enemies. They're the ones that were trying to kill him. But every time they got to him, he was too strong for them. So when the enemies came to grips with the fact that they couldn't get him from without, they had to try to get him from within. Help me in this place. Enemies reveal the Judas in your life. I can't keep talking about that. Go on to the next one. Your enemy and his accomplice initiate the next level. Your enemy is going to help initiate the next level. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. Once, once Judas is announced, once Jesus said, one of you in here is a devil because the devil got in him and used him as an accomplice. Watch this. Jesus didn't hit him. Some of us would have. I put you on my staff. I put you over the money. And this how you do me? Or at least would have told them off. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But that's not what Jesus does. You know what Jesus does? Jesus looks at him and says, whatever thou doest, do it quickly. Watch this. Now that you have been announced, hurry up and initiate my next level. God, help me in here. I said, your enemies will initiate your next level. Let me get the next one. An incorrect response to an enemy sentences you to the current level. And I can't deal with that, hallelujah, but if you, don't, if you don't respond correctly, we just talked about it a little bit, you're going to stay stuck. Which leads to the next point, which is more of a sub-point, hallelujah. If you retaliate, you cannot reign. Listen, listen. David had the opportunity to retaliate against King Saul on two separate occasions. He had them. They were in the same cave. King Saul was in the cave and didn't know David was there. And David's own men, God-fearing men, came up to David and said, get him. It's your turn. Take over now. Take him out. And David said, I will not touch God's anointing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because, and the Bible says that in all this, David handled himself very wisely. Because David understood, if I retaliate, I cannot reign. Ooh. Don't retaliate. And you'll reign. Amen? If you're in this place and you're blessed, shout glory. glory. All right, now let me ask you another question. How do you know you're blessed? And what if I came down off of this pulpit and put this mic in somebody's mouth and said, tell me how you know 
you're blessed. I wonder. <laughs> let me be, don't make me come down. Listen, let me begin by telling you, you're not blessed just because you've begun to accumulate some things. Let me add to that. You're not blessed just because you drive a nice car. I know heathens that drive better cars than you. Come on, somebody. Are you in this place? So how do you know you're blessed? Let's go to the word of the Lord. Amen. Watch this now. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 10. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 10. You guys doing all right? Hallelujah. Come on, the kids ain't the only ones that are going to have a good time tonight. Matthew 5 and 10. Hallelujah. Watch this now. Blessed or blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. Ain't nobody shout amen right there. Hallelujah. Watch this. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Next verse. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Verse 12. Rejoice. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Hallelujah. So understand this. When you decide that you are going to live right and do what God called you to do, a, persecu a persecution is going to rise against you. People are going to start getting up talking about who in the world do you think that you are and stop trying to act like you ain't one of us. Hallelujah. Stop trying to act like you better than us because you ain't no better <sighs> You ain't no better than us, hallelujah. Oh, excuse me, you saved now? And you, can't, and you can't do that no more? Step aside, everybody, and allow Miss Holier Than Thou to come through, hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what's going to happen. You don't, you're not blessed because you got a new dress. You are blessed, hallelujah, when people are talking about you like a dog. I said when men revile you and say all manner of evil against you, hallelujah, when they hate your guts and don't have a problem telling somebody else how they hate your guts. And what they're saying is not true because it did say falsely. Let me throw that in there. Ye are blessed. Watch this. And the challenge from God is don't retaliate, rejoice. Don't retaliate, hallelujah. Don't waste your time and your energy, hallelujah. And do not get distracted and let the enemy steal your focus by entertaining conversations and trying to change people's opinion about you. They're always going to talk. If Jesus couldn't get everybody to love him, you are not going to get everybody to love you. You, can't, you just come to grips with that reality, hallelujah, and keep it moving. Are you blessed in here? Understand, hallelujah, that the common hate the uncommon. The impure hate the pure. The unrighteous hate the righteous. And the lazy despise the diligent. They want what you got, but they don't want to do what you did to get it. And so they hate you because you got it. Hate on. Are you blessed in here? Are you really blessed? You ready to go deeper? Give me the next point. Hallelujah. An enemy is one who encourages a weakness in your life God wants removed. Ooh. An enemy is one who encourages a weakness in your life that God wants removed. You are fed by your associations. 
I said, you are fed by your, God, help me in here. Who you are hanging out with is feeding you. Who you partner, connect with is feeding you. That's why one of the first things God changes when you get saved is your friends. And are you still running around with, I wonder about you. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? God, help me in here. Everybody in this place has a dominant gift. Let me help you in here. Everybody in here has a dominant gift. Uh, some of you are multi-gifted. That's a good thing. Hallelujah. Uh, but that's not the thing that's going to take you to the next level. You have a dominant gift. The Bible says, watch this, your gift, not gifts, because some of you are like, I got many gifts. You could be the jack of all trades and the master of None. The Bible says, fan into flame the gift of God. And so there's one specific one. You know, I try to tell young people, hallelujah, don't pick a college based on money. Pick a college based on your gift. Because your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. Hallelujah. Mm. Are you in this place, church? Oh, God, help me in here. So everybody in here has a dominant gift. Hopefully you know what that is. Amen? Watch this. But what a lot of people don't like to talk about is the fact that you also have a dominant weakness. <laughs> this is where I lose my amens. Hallelujah. I said this. You also have a dominant weakness. Amen? We love to talk to people about our area of gifting. But we don't love to talk about our area of weakness to everybody. You know, even when you go try to get a job, you load that resume up with all your strengths. <laughs> and you have to, and the interviewer has to ask you if you have any weaknesses. And let me tell you, the right answer to that question is not, no, I don't have none, you need me. <laughs> Are you in this place? Because let me give you the Bible on that. He who says they have no sin deceives himself and the love of God is not in him. So you can act cute in here if you want to. Everybody in here has one thing. One thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? And it is a dominant weakness in your life. Now watch this. Your weakness also has a desire. God help me in here. Did you know that? And because your weakness has a desire, the desire of that weakness will seek out individuals that will allow that weakness to continue to exist. Oh. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. If your weakness is substance abuse, then the desire of your weakness will make sure you stay connected to somebody who knows how to get it. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. If that is your weakness, then the desire of your weakness will make sure that you know where to get it, how to get it, and who to get it from. The desire of your weakness will make sure you still have a contact on your cell that you can call that knows how to get it. You should have got rid of it a long time ago, but your desire... Or the desire of your weakness is making sure you stay connected to people who will allow your weakness to live. Are you in this place? Because that weakness wants to stay alive. So it's going to cause you to gravitate to people, hallelujah, who will feed it. And at the same time, draw you away from people who won't put up with it. And will not justify it in your life. This is why when Adam sins, the first thing he does is run from the presence of God. And he hides. Why? Because he knows that God is not going to put up with it. And he's not going to justify it. Ooh. And so watch this. That individual that wants to help you conquer your weakness. Your weakness doesn't want that individual around. I'm going to say that one more time. Are you hearing me in this place, church? That individual in your life that wants to help you conquer your weakness, 
your weakness does not want that individual around. Your weakness is not attracted to that individual. Your weakness wants you away from that individual. Because that individual will help kill it. God, help me in this place. Hallelujah. You know, I know, I know people that are dreamers. And there's nothing wrong with dreaming as long as that's not all you do. And so I know people who are dreamers but have no discipline. God, help me in here. So all they do is dream, dream, dream. And these are people of faith. They have faith. They just don't have no works. And faith without works is dead being alone. So a lot of people are walking around with what I call lonely faith. Lonely faith, hallelujah. They dream, but they don't do. Are you hearing me here? And those very people, hallelujah, unfortunately, are going to go to the grave with their dream still in them. And then on another note, hallelujah, I've seen doers that have no self-control. And when you're a doer that has no self-control, you do things that you're really not supposed to be doing. I'm losing them, Lord. Can I submit to you that whatever you don't kill in this generation will multiply in the next? Whatever you don't kill in this generation will multiply in the next. Can I give you an example? David's weakness was women. Oh, yeah. David's, he could take a bear. He could take a lion. He could take Goliath. But none of that prepared him for Bathsheba. I said, how do I know that his weakness was women? When the king was on his deathbed, dying, and they wanted to conclude or confirm that he was dead, do you know what they did? They put a woman in his bed. And when he didn't touch her, they said, the king is dead. And I didn't make that up. That's in your Bible. God have mercy in here. I said, that is in your Bible. That was his weakness. He didn't kill it. So you know what happened? His son had to deal with it. Solomon, watch this, wisest man who ever walked on the planet apart from Jesus. All that wisdom didn't help him with his weakness. Solomon has 700 wives. Y'all not saying nothing in here. 700 wives, and if that wasn't enough, he had 300 concubines. Those are women who are not his wife. Now, my question is, when did you study? Because he's the wisest man that ever lived. Hallelujah. I have one wife and four kids, and I can't find time. Anyway, I'm going to leave that alone. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? Hallelujah. Whatever you don't kill in this generation. You know what happened to Solomon? He ended up fighting his daddy's demon. It's a generational demon that needs to be killed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Ooh. Can I say something else in here? People who are needy for affirmation and recognition and respect have no core. Not everybody needs a pat in the back every now and again. But when you are needy for affirmation, needy to be recognized, needy for respect, you have no core. And you'll end up blending with whatever group, like a chameleon. You'll end up blending with every group you find yourself in. Let me help you in here. Before Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost, he would blend. If he was with the disciples, hallelujah, he had to be the best disciple. He wanted to be recognized. So he'll put the other ones down if he had to just to tell Jesus, you ain't going to die, Jesus. I ain't going to let it happen. I'm with you to the end, Jesus. I'll die with you. These 11 other jokers might leave you. That's what he said. But I won't leave you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's when he was with the disciples. Then he ended up in the courtyard when Jesus got arrested. Hallelujah. And they asked him, were you with Jesus? He said, never met the man before in my life. <laughs> They asked him three times, and three times he was like, I don't know him. 
He lost his cool and even cussed according to the scripture. Are you in this place? Watch this. When, when Peter was given the revelation, hallelujah, and watch this, kill and eat, when he saw uh, a picture, a vision of, clean, of, of, of killing an unclean beast and eating it, he received a message from the Lord that said that the gospel was not just for the Jew, but for the Gentile. And so upon receiving that revelation, hallelujah, he goes, he meets with Paul and a bunch of new converts that were Gentiles, and he sits at a table and he eats with them. And then all of a sudden, the Pharisees show up. The religious elite show up. You know what Peter does? He gets up from the table where the Gentiles were sitting and sits with the Pharisees. Blending. And Paul calls him out. And Paul said, Peter, you punk. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. <laughs> That's the PEA version. That's the Pastor Edgar Alvarez version. That's not what he said. He said, Peter, you hypocrite. Peter, you have no core. You're too needy for affirmation and recognition. You have no core. You blend with whatever group you find yourself in. Are you in this place, church? Ooh, God. In other words, you are subject to people's opinion. You ain't ready for greatness. Can I submit to you, hallelujah, that Samson's greatest weakness, I don't want to make you guess, I'm just going to tell you, Samson's greatest weakness was a compliment. I said it was a compliment, hallelujah, and your enemy knows exactly when to send them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Your adversary will wait till your marriage is rocky. And start sending compliments. Your wife don't know what she got. If I had a spiritual man like, like you. And, and your marriage is rocky. Your adversary knows when to send. The compliment. Are you in this place? The hardest person to fight is the person who knows your weakness. I said the hardest person to fight is the person who knows your weakness because that person knows where to hit you. Watch this. And the enemy overwhelms many of us because the enemy fights you based on your position. And you fight back based on your condition. And because of that, you're overwhelmed because the enemy knows more about you and your destiny than you do. And he fights you based off of your position, which is child of God, son. But you fight him not based on your position, but based on your condition. And that's why you're being overwhelmed. Are you in this place, church? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. So what is the attack of the enemy? I said it before. I'm going to say it to you another way. Watch this. Now, the attack of the enemy is a short, intense time. Watch this. In between or between two seasons of blessings. What is the attack of the enemy? It is, watch this, an intense, a short, intense time between two seasons of blessings. When God's getting ready to get you out, he's going to use an enemy. When God's getting ready to get you in, he's going to use an enemy. He'll use the Pharaoh on the way out. And he'll use giants on the way in. And they are indicators for you. Signposts. Hallelujah. That you're close. Are you in this place, church? Mm. Can I go a little bit deeper with the time I have left? Put my next point up there very quickly. Some enemies you have to outlast, not defeat. God, that'll preach. Some enemies you have to outlast, not defeat. Show me Acts 28, verse number 1. Acts 28, verse number 1. You doing all right? Acts 28, verse number 1. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now, if you've been with us on Sundays, we've been in Acts 27, right? And we were talking about that storm that Paul survived. 
Acts 28, hallelujah, he's coming off that boat that broke apart, and now he's on the shore. So let's take it from there. Watch this. And when they were escaped from the ship, that is, then they knew that the island was called Melita. Watch this. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled the fire and received us, every one, because of the present rain and because of the cold. Watch this. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper, a snake, out of the heat and fastened on his hand. Next verse. And when the barbarians saw that the venomous beast hung on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, Yet vengeance, vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and so no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. You want to know who your opposers are? Get close to the fire. I said, if you want to know who your opposers are, they come out near the fire. Watch this. This talks about where you are. Because let me help you in here. If you've ever wondered, like myself, how far you've come along in the journey and how close you are to whatever it is that God's going to do through you. Amen. Watch this. You know how close you are by the snakes. Because if the snakes, watch this, a revival is about to take place in this land. And because a revival is about to take place and Paul is close to the fire, the snakes come out. How I know I'm close is by the attack of the enemy on my life. When we're talking about a snake, like a dog barking, like we mentioned before, it's poison. It's in his mouth. So when they're talking about you, you're getting close. If there are no snakes biting, you ain't even close. Y'all ain't talking back to me. Hallelujah. I said, if you want to measure it, I'm telling you how to measure it. Hallelujah. Are you in this place? The Bible says that a snake fastened itself. It didn't just bite him and let him go. It stuck to his hand. Be careful with who you allow to fasten themselves to you in this season. Because they could be a snake. I said they could be a snake. And whenever somebody is getting ready to do something great, a snake always fastens himself to you. Paul's about to bring revival to this land. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And here come a snake and fastens itself to him. Watch this. The Bible says that the islanders say, he's a murderer. He's a murderer. He survived the sea, but now justice has found him. And you know what I love about the apostle Paul? And it's what I've been telling you from the beginning. He doesn't retaliate. He doesn't even try to defend himself. When they say he's a murderer and he had it coming, he doesn't say, no, 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 let me talk. I'm not a murderer. That's not who I am anymore. I'm a man of God. I've been transformed. He don't say none of that. Because the best answer you can ever give your critics is your success. So Paul don't say nothing. He just takes what had him. And he shakes it into the fire. And the Bible said that when they saw that he did not die, Because I know, I know, I know you're a very lovable and likable individual and you think everybody likes you. But yeah, not everybody likes you. And there are some people that are waiting for you to trip up, hallelujah, mess up and fall, hallelujah. The Bible says that they waited for him to swell up and die, but the man would not die. And so watch this. The Bible says that when they saw that he would not die, 
They change their minds. That's what verse 6 says. They change their minds and say, he's not a murderer, he's a God. Listen, when all you do is overcome, hallelujah, you won't have to change their mind. Your ability to succeed and to continue to progress will change the minds of your enemies. I'm going to sit there wasting my time trying to change my opinion or your opinion about me. I'm just going to keep it moving. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to succeed. I'm going to shake it off. Look at somebody just tell him, shake it off. He shook it off and kept it moving. And the Bible says they changed their minds when they saw his ability to overcome. Are you blessed in here? The best response you could give your critics is success. Are you blessed in here? In other words, they waited for him to swell up and die. And you know what he did? He outlasted them. Some enemies you got to outlast, not defeat. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Woo. Now, before I land this plane with a couple minutes I have left, Oftentimes, how many of you in this place can testify that an enemy is hard to detect? An enemy is hard to detect because oftentimes an enemy comes to you looking like a friend. An enemy comes to you, watch this now, looking like family. <laughs> Y'all not, not going to say nothing in here. Hallelujah. Don't talk about my family. Just sit there. I'm coming. Amen. Watch this. Watch this. Because if, if, if Joseph were here, young Joseph, and we could testify, and he could testify, he'll tell you. Joseph will tell you. Watch this now. Joseph will tell you, it was my brethren that put me in the pit. It was my brothers that threw me in the pit. Amen, somebody. Jesus could testify that it was sinners, that it wasn't the sinners. That it was the religious men who made it their business to make sure he hung on that cross. Jesus could testify that it wasn't the outsiders that didn't believe he was the Messiah. But it was his own brothers, his own sisters, and those from his hometown in Nazareth that did not believe that he was the Messiah. It is the people closest to you. That can hurt you the most. God help me in here. I said it is the people closest to you that can hurt you the most. Whenever you get a word from God, there's going to be a war over that word. I said whenever you get a word from God, there's going to be a war over that word that you received. In other words, hallelujah, I'm going to help you in here. The enemy is not fighting you for you. He's fighting you for what's in you. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. If you followed my purpose series, you understand, hallelujah, that you were a purpose before you were a person. And once your purpose was established, God gave you a frame to house that purpose. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what your enemy is after, God, help me in here, is what's in you. The Bible says that we have this treasure inside earthen vessels God put watch this treasure in the vault the, the enemy's not just after the vault if the thief is coming it's because there's a treasure nearby God help me in here hallelujah he's after the treasure inside of the vault are you in this place church put my next point up there I'm almost done Your enemies are revealed shortly after your assignment is announced. Oh, my God. Your enemies are revealed shortly after your assignment is announced. Let me give you an illustration. Hallelujah. Uh, it's not till John the Baptist points at Jesus when he comes in the water and says these words. Behold the Lamb of God that does what? Which taketh away the sins of the world. And so watch this. He reveals his assignment. He reveals what Jesus came to do. 
Watch this. And then the father opens up the heavens and confirms it by saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Shortly after, he's in the wilderness. And guess who shows up? God have mercy in here. Are you in this place, church? Hallelujah. Watch this. Let me give you an illustration that you can understand. In sports, oftentimes, you try to get in your opponent's head who has a good chance of beating you. You don't just get in anybody's head. You try to get in the head of the individual that you're going to come against who has a good chance of beating you. In, a, in an attempt to intimidate them before the battle. And so watch this. Your adversary, the devil, knows that you have a very good chance of beating him. So what he does, watch this now, is that he tries to get in your head to intimidate you before the fight begins. Because he understands that the battle is in the mind. He understands that if you can, listen, if you can win it here, you can win it there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So he's going to try to get in here, hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? This is why the prodigal son, when he gets free, what does the Bible say? The Bible says, watch this now, he came to himself. I said he came to himself, hallelujah. In other words, if you're going to come out, you're going to come out head first. He got it here and then his body followed. He got out of his situation here and then his body followed. Because you come out head first. Amen, somebody. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Problem is, hallelujah, some of us shout better than we change. I said some of us shout better than we change. Some of us change our minds, therefore change our lives. Some of us shout real good, but don't change much. Oh, are you blessed in here, church? I, I'm running out of time. I got eight minutes. Somebody said, you could do it. And I'm almost there. I'm telling you, I'm not lying. Show me the next point. The size of your enemy determines the size of your reward. I said the size of your enemy determines the size of your reward. Show me 1 Samuel 17 and 4. I got to do this quick. Amen. This is a story you all are familiar with, so I don't have to read the whole story. This is the story of David and Goliath. Amen. Watch this. Hallelujah. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height, now watch this, it, 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 the Bible goes into detail about his size. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh, named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. They say he was close to nine feet tall. Watch this. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had, watch this, greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him. Next verse. And he stood and he cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine and you servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me in other words let us let us fight and for 40 days he did this and could you imagine I don't think Goliath ever thought somebody because after like 30 days I'd have been like yeah ain't nobody gonna fight me <laughs> you know I never thought that somebody was gonna come out but go somewhere go to verse 25 I think it's verse 25 or Verse 25, I got to jump. I can't read the whole thing. David gets there because his father sends him. Amen? Watch this. Hallelujah. And, and the men of Israel say, have you seen this man? I mean, they were like, oh, he's huge, right? Have you seen this man that has come up shortly to defy Israel? Is he come up? And it shall be, watch this, that the man who killeth him, the king, will enrich him 
with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. Ooh, so the size of your enemy determines the size of your reward. Look at the next verse. And David spake to the men that stood by him saying, what shall, what? He, <laughs> he overheard them talking and said, run that by me again. Watch, watch, watch. And David spoke to the men that stood by him saying, what shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Look at the next verse. And the people answered him after this manner saying, so shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And they, and they repeated to him. In other words, hallelujah, just to put emphasis on what I just said. Amen. The size of your giant is going to determine the size of your reward. If you are believing God for great things, don't even assume that you're not going to go through great battles before you can walk in those great things. Yeah, yeah, I know we don't lie. We don't like that. I just, I want the great things without the battle. Not going to happen. Are you in this place, church? I'm closing. Show me Matthew 10 and 16. Come on, it's Wednesday. I'm giving you scripture. Hallelujah. Which leads me to my last point. I might just do it. Which leads me to my last point. Put my last point on there, guys. I'm sorry. Before the text, let's read the point. Never allow your emotions to take the wheel and drive any relationship. Uh, never allow your emotions to take the wheel and drive the relationship. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Watch this. Understand what God is doing through you. Matthew 10 and 16. Listen to what it says. Behold, I send you. Who's you? You. His sheep, the called. The Christians. The disciples. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Watch your emotions. That's what he's really saying. Just stay with me. Hallelujah. I'm going there. Don't let your emotions drive the relationship. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? In other words, watch this. Don't let feeling lonely tie you into a situation you can't untie yourself from. Are you in this place? Hallelujah. Let me jump. Verse 22. Show me verse 22 very quickly. And ye shall be hated of all men. See, nobody likes to preach this right here. Hallelujah. You shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end. See, he, he, he who knows how to last. God, help me in here. To the end shall be saved. Ooh, endurance. Do you have it? It don't happen overnight. It has to be developed. Hallelujah. Outlast them until they give up. Outlast them until they don't have nothing else to say. Because while they're talking, you keep progressing. Outlast them because greater is he that is in you. Than he that is in the world. Understand, watch this. They don't hate you. They hate the God in you. That's why he said, for my name's sake. They're not hating you. They're hating you because of me. What's influencing them don't like what's influencing you. Show me verse 25. Hallelujah. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? If they call Jesus a devil, they're going to call you a devil because you're his pupil and you're not greater than your master. So understand, hallelujah, they're coming against you because of him. Amen, somebody. Oh, my God. And they're coming, listen, like dogs barking. They're coming like snakes with poison in their mouth. And Jesus said, 
I'm sending you to them. I'm sending you to them. But be careful. Be wise with the wolves I send you to. Be as wise as a serpent and as gentle as a dove. Do not let your emotions drive you and drive any relationship. Watch this. Because an attack is going to evoke emotions. Most crimes are crimes of passion. Crimes of passion. Crimes where an individual did something because he was overcome by his emotions. And God is saying, I'm purposely sending you to people who are going to try to eat you alive. They're going to shoot their venom. They're going to bark like dogs. But that's what I'm sending you to. Watch how you respond. If you don't fulfill your destiny, it's not because the enemy could stop you. You let him rob you of your focus. You let him steal. He can't stop you. At best, he could delay you. But he's a master thief at stealing your focus through distractions. I can't detract you, but I'll distract you. Are you in this place? He is a thief. And so I can't waste my time trying to change everybody's opinion about me. The dogs are going to bark. The snakes are going to bite. Whatever you give your attention to, you give life to. Are you in this place? They told Nehemiah while he was building the wall and I'm landing the plane. They told Nehemiah, watch this. He was so busy on the wall. The Bible says, watch this. He had a sword in one hand and a brick in the other. And so he was building and watching, building and watching. Amen. The enemy was trying so hard to distract him. The enemy hired false prophets to speak against the work in the name of God. This is why, <laughs> this is why you need to pray. And the enemy started a ruckus among the people. Because again, when he can't get you from without, he's going to get you from within. So a rumor began inside of the walls before they were finished. Are you in this place? To the point where the people send him letters saying, you need to stop. We need to sit down and we need to talk about this. Let's have a meeting to clear the air. And most people would have been like, all right, all right, yeah, let's do that because I need to clear my name. I need to clear my name. These people need to understand, you know, what my heart is and what my... You know what Nehemiah said? No! I ain't meeting with none of you because the work that is before me is too great and I don't have time to entertain your shenanigans. I know what y'all are up to because he was a man of prayer. And he said, I ain't meeting with you. I ain't got time for that. I got to keep it moving. And that's exactly what he did. Wise yet gentle. If I respond in anger to the anger, who's in control? It's amazing how many of us, you know, talk about how spiritual we are. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Self-control, which speaks about how I respond 
to the dogs and the snakes. Are you in this place? Don't put your emotional well-being in somebody else's hands. Can I say something very heavy in here? I might as well just drop it before we leave. Watch this. The responsibility of dealing with feelings falls on the person that is experiencing them. The responsibility of dealing with feelings falls on the person who is experiencing them. And that is the Bible. If you're going to wait on somebody else to fix it, you are not in control. Never put fixing you in the hands of another person. You are responsible for your feelings. Forgiveness does not happen when they apologize. I said forgiveness does not happen when they apologize. Why? Because they may never. And if you're going to wait on them to apologize, you are not in control. You lost control. You forgive them for you. So you can get your power back. That's why you have to let it go. So that you can move on. Or you stay stuck. And there are people who are stuck. Probably watching me on the internet right now. And the individual who has them in that situation died. Six years ago. And is in the grave. Still controlling them. Because they have not been able to let it go. Are you in this place, church? An adversary is necessary. It was good that I was afflicted. When I wasn't afflicted, I went astray. The psalmist said, my affliction made me run to him. Your enemies are your footstool. And for those of you who like to be in the kitchen, you understand that there are certain things in the highest cupboard you cannot reach unless you have a footstool. And when you get up on that footstool and that footstool is under your feet, you can reach things you could not reach without the footstool. Your enemies... Are your footstool. I need an enemy to reach higher. I need an enemy to go higher. I need to put them under my feet so that I can serve on a greater level. If you receive the word of the Lord on tonight, give God praise in here. Come on, give him a real good one in this place.